Well, good morning. morning. It's good to be here. Thanks, Bob. As uh, most of you know, I'm Joan Hogan, and I'd like to welcome all of you to Prairie Doc Radio. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan as Hogan. As we said at the outset of the program, we have two guests with us today. Yes. This week... August 1st to 6th is World Breastfeeding Week. I don't know if you knew that, I didn't Rick. know that. Oh, well, I really, I, it just did. slipped past me right. on this one. So but. in honor of World Breastfeeding Week, we have Jen Anderson, who is a South Dakota State University professor in communication studies and journalism. Jen is also a Brookings Health Systems lactation consultant. And it's in this role that she's joining us today. Good oh. morning, Jen. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and with Jen is Nancy DeBoer. Nancy DeBoer is a nurse with the uh, Brookings Health System, right? And she is a certified lactation counselor, and she helps extensively at the New Beginnings Baby Center. That's an exciting thing. I mean, you know, the, it's just all part of what's happened in Brookings. You know, it's an, mm-hmm. an advanced uh uh, effort, uh, particularly of our hospital system, to mm-hmm. provide the encouragement for the very best health of our people, and this is one of them. Yeah, uh, we're absolutely. happy about that. Yeah, if you see our Facebook page today for Brookings Supports Breastfeeding, we started out the week by just su- celebrating and uh, encouraging our community uh, in all the strides that we've made. Over a hundred businesses in Brookings are breastfeeding friendly, which is fantastic. There was a breastfeeding friendly businesses initiative through the South Dakota Department of Health, and those businesses who wanted to support breastfeeding moms, employees, and customers can sign a pledge to say we're going to do everything that we can to support breastfeeding mothers who are employees or customers Um, and so we've had over a hundred businesses in Brookings take that pledge and that's a really big deal the hospital has also become a baby friendly hospital and I think Nancy could speak more to that if you'd like yeah Nancy tell us about what is a baby friendly hospital sure well a baby friendly hospital is one um, there's 10 steps that you have to go through Um, to become certified. Um, The biggest one, as far as our community outreach, one of the the steps is uh, providing community support for breastfeeding, and we do that through the um, Baby Cafe. We have that on Tuesday evenings from 5 to 7 7 p.m., and then on Thursday afternoons um, from 1 to 3. And that's staffed by myself, a lactation counselor, and a few other lactation consultants. Um, We've just really seen an increase in uh, the moms that come and utilize that lately. recently especially with the the increase in our patient census more and more moms are using that um, and we're finding that moms who attend the baby cafe the twi- our 2017 stats show that um, moms who come to baby cafe regularly 60 percent of them at six months are still exclusively breastfeeding uh, wow. the south wow, dakota is amazing isn't it it's it's wonderful the the south dakota um, stats for exclusively breastfeeding at six months in 2016 was 23.4%, whereas the national average is 22.3%. So that's an incredible number for us to say, wow. hey, 60%, that's fantastic. Three times the state and mm-hmm. national average. Yeah, wow. But, but you have to explain to me what a baby cafe is. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I presume it's a place where moms all come together and everybody breastfeeds at the same time. That <laughs> might be it, but why don't we take a break? And right after oh. this break, we will have uh, More Nancy on the ca- answer on that question. Yes. 
Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. This In the studio today, in honor of the World Breastfeeding Week, we have both Jenny Anderson and Nancy DeBoer, who are both very interested in the breastfeeding uh, initiative that is occurring in South Dakota. And just before the break, Dr. Holm asked Nancy if she would talk a bit about the New Beginnings Baby Cafe. Yeah. So I cut you off, Dr. Get, Holm, but we're back. Let's, let's get the details on this. Yes, Absolutely. Please. So Baby Cafe is actually um, a nationwide program, and we pay for the license to use the Baby Cafe name. Um, and when you first hear of it, you think, you know, a cafe is where you go to eat. You go to sit down, have a cup of coffee with friends and chat. Um, here at a baby cafe, the babies get to eat, and the moms kind of get to sit and chat and um, get advice if they need. It's come and go as you please. You don't have to be there for, there for the whole time. There's no scheduled activities that, that occur. Um, you come. We can weigh your baby do a feeding and weigh baby afterward and then you can really see um, exactly how much baby got at least at that one feeding that's reassuring for a lot of moms who um, are wondering you know I I can't see in ounces how much my baby's getting are they really excuse me getting enough and um, you can can actually weigh the baby mm -hmm. before and after and show the difference exactly yeah Um, as little as as a a teaspoon Mm -hmm. um, it'll measure measure, um, how much that baby took in so especially our our brand new babies Mm -hmm. um, where mom has not moved from colostrum to mature milk yet you know you can see those small amounts of colostrum that baby's still taking in and that just really really reassures um, mothers and families that their their babies are getting the nutrition that they need and then if moms have any other questions regarding um, you know even as babies grow um, introducing solid foods or you know we've had moms ask about skin issues or sleeping or teething or mm-hmm. um, pumping when they go back to work or or if there's you know any other concerns that arise and of course um, we're always quick to refer you know if you have any questions that would need a, a, a healthcare provider such as a nurse practitioner PA or a, or a physician's resources we always obviously um, you know don't overstep our scope of practice there but um, we're, we're really lucky to have providers that support um, our work at Baby Cafe um, and we're finding a lot of them are uh, beginning to refer moms um, if they're concerned about weight um, it used to be where they kind of just um, say okay go ahead and start supplementing you know and, and and decrease the breastfeeding whereas now it's okay go talk to the nurses at baby cafe and we'll work out a plan together and that's so encouraging and, and really validating um to the work that we're doing right you brought up the issue of colostrum mm-hmm. but jen what, what tell me what that is and why is that so important i am actually going to still throw that back <laughs> <answer> because <laughs> pretty medical thing but it is it's the first milk that your body produces it has a lot of antibodies right and it sets up their whole GI tract right I mean it is extremely important for the microbiome of their gut and all those kinds of things I'm pretending to sound medical right now but I don't really know you're doing a great job (laughs) Nancy tell us more (laughs) well colostrum is the first milk and oftentimes moms will start making that while they're still pregnant for how many days for how many weeks well, the colostrum, um, the mature milk um, comes in around day three or four, mm-hmm. kind of depending on how the mom's delivery went and their own personal um, biological makeup. But uh, the colostrum comes in for most women in very small amounts because, of course, that baby has to learn to suck, swallow, and breathe all at the same time. So we wouldn't want to overwhelm them with a huge volume of milk mm-hmm. um, right away. But it is very um, rich, um, like as Jen said, in antibodies. It sets up the whole, um, it, it basically 
basically primes the gut um, for the rest of the child's life. And uh, we know that it's concentrated. It's very, very thick. Baby kind of has to, to work to remove it. And uh, it has it's high in calories. Um, you know, a lot of moms will be brave and kind of, you know, taste it. They're wondering what their babies are eating, and it's mm. very, very, very sweet. Mm. Um, and so it encourages baby to, to suck and swallow and, and get that nutrition they need. So one of the things you said was setting up the microbiome. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about the fact that maybe, well, I, I, I do know that just uh, the skin of the mother and the sweat mm-hmm. and the oils and all of the natural bi- m- microbiome, the microbiome that the mother has on her skin yeah. is being provided to the child as, as that child is be- taking the first uh, mm-hmm. drink of milk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that exposure to the, the dirty world, quote yeah, unquote, yes. is a very important thing Mm -hmm. but you're saying that within the colostrum there is also Mm -hmm. bacteria and micro microme uh, yep, and antibodies. Um, but antibodies yeah. as well, yes. And immune factors that mm-hmm. actually um, coat the gut so that um, anything that that child would ingest orally that would get into their GI tract, uh, it, it would help protect their immune system, helps protect, because we know a lot of the immune system is within the gut, um, and it would protect any pathogens that would end up in, in their gut from, from leaking out into the rest of their body. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, it, it, it just um, overwhelms me. I'm always amazed at the, the uh, I just have to call it intelligent design of mm-hmm. all of this and how a baby can come out, well, can be made, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. period. <laughs> yeah. And then the complexity of the microbiome, you know, mm-hmm. the, the fact uh, that we live in this world of bacteria symbiotically and mm-hmm. that, of course, that mm-hmm. as they've recently discovered from genetic testing that, oh, this, this should be of Sally's genes. No, this is a foreign uh, body. Mm. This is this part of this whole person is a is a foreign body, mm-hmm. uh, is a is a is a, a uh, infection, quote unquote. Well, it's not infecting; it's living with us and enhancing us and making our liver work and our body uh, work. You know, bringing vitamin K and all the different things that the microbiome can give, and that's really part of the suckling exposure that that child must have to start to start the system going i think this program that uh began i'm not sure how long ago jen Mm -hmm. the brookings supports breastfeeding how long ago do you know yeah so that started in 2013 we got a grant from the bush foundation um, to support expanding the community support for breastfeeding and one of the things i was going to mention is that as we're talking about colostrum that breastfeeding initiation getting started really really important obviously you can't continue something unless you start it but what we then see is we're, we're doing we're making great strides with starting but then sometimes women find it really challenging to continue for a number of reasons um they might be returning to work and are unsure about how to maintain their supply. What are they supposed to do uh, at work? Can they pump? How should they do that? Um, and also if the baby needs to go to daycare, how does that work? And it, sort of managing all of those different things. Those were the kinds of topics we discussed at a community conversation in early 2014. Or we did, uh, sorry, we did focus groups in early 2014 and then a community conversation later. And
And some of the themes that came out from that were that actually local businesses really want to support their breastfeeding employees, but they weren't always sure how to do that. They were aware that in the Affordable Care Act from 2010, there is a break time for nursing mothers provision, which requires that all businesses with 50 employees or more provide adequate time and space for a breastfeeding employee to express milk for up to one year after the baby is born. And so that's the that's the legalese of it. But how do you actually do that? That's right. the difficult uh, right. element of it. So we do have some businesses in town that were really models even from the beginning. A great example is Dactronics. They had a mother's room at that time. Now they have two mother's rooms that are so frequently used, they have to have an online scheduling system. Oh my. <laughs> to really? make sure that everyone has no time kidding. to be able to go in and pump. Because here's the thing, you've got to pump multiple times during the day. It's a biological necessity. Breastfeeding is sort of a supply and demand kind of a situation. So that if you're not signaling to your body that your baby needs more milk, then you, dry you don't then it, produce more milk. That's exactly right. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why women see their supply go down when they return to work, because they aren't um, able to take enough uh, time to be able to pump during the day. It's a biological necessity. <laughs> one of my friends said you know they're not uh she's pregnant and her husband said well couldn't you just pump the night before <laughs> and <laughs> have just do that the milk ready for the next day and i said well that's kind of the same thing as saying well could you ju- couldn't you just go to the bathroom the night before take care of the whole day do you have an understanding of that you know but you do you need to remove the milk uh from the breast so that the body knows to make more to make more um and so there's so much knowledge that just hasn't been out there and hasn't been common knowledge it may be mm-hmm. common knowledge to certain people but the average person really doesn't understand it so just informing mm-hmm. people has been a phenomenal thing and of course that absolutely. without your medical background you are into information though <laughs> right with absolutely. your communication <laughs> studies degree yes so you will inform yeah. and nancy will do the medical part and yeah. between the two of you you'll get the word out we are due to take a break we'll be back right after these words Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're having a very interesting discussion today. Dr. Holm is here with me, and our guests today are two women who are very interested in supporting breastfeeding in the Brookings community. We have Nancy DeBoer, who's a, uh, a nurse, a registered nurse, and she's also a certified lactation counselor. And also with us today is Dr. Jen Anderson, who is with the Communication Studies Department at South Dakota State University and has been very involved in the breastfeeding initiative. I'll never forget your TED talk, Jen. You know, here she is. She's up on the stage. I'm listening. I'm going to give the te- a TED talk a little bit later, and uh, she's talking about lactating, uh, lactation, and feeding babies. And suddenly, I realized she's up there feeding a baby while she's giving the talk. <laughs> I mean, the talk about uh, uh, multitasking. You know, she, there she is. She's giving this fabulous lecture that's just flowing beautifully Uh and the milk was flowing as well well you know it's interesting because so many people will still have this feeling if someone decides to breastfeed in public Mm -hmm. as you did Jen Mm -hmm. oh that's obscene why is she doing that and to try to overcome that view that breastfeeding is obscene. Do you feel like you've seen a difference in the past five years in that attitude? That's a great question, and that's one of the major themes that we have this week for World Breastfeeding Week is to talk about how breastfeeding Mm -hmm. a baby or a toddler 
is not obscene or weird. It's very interesting what has happened culturally uh, in that you look at pictures from the early 20th century, uh, women were breastfeeding in public all the time because that was just what you did. There wasn't another option. Uh, we see mid 20th century that begins to change. People are concerned about it. Formula becomes more popular. And then we begin to see this idea that it's obscene or weird. Um, and uh, what so we brought seen. it on ourselves. We really did. We did. Oh, and <laughs> part of this is, uh, wasn't, wasn't it a societal thing about covering up and all of Absolutely. this? Absolutely. Nobody can see. I mean, and it still, you look at, it's at, in some parts of the world, Yeah. Uh, there are women who cover everything, everything but a little slit of their eye. I mean, we're not, sure. a, no one's allowed to look at me. Sure. Right. Uh, and that's obviously a man's idea. I would, I would, <laughs> yeah. My wife, sure. no one's going to look at her. You know, sure. That kind of possessiveness. But but also there's all this um, issue of pornography sure. or where do we go with that? I mean, what why is it that there is such a thing as Playboy magazine where <coughs> kids, you know? You know, I don't know if I can speak to that, <laughs> but I will say that you know the biological function of the breast is to feed a baby, and I would also uh, note that in every single state it is a protected uh, act that you can breastfeed in public anywhere that you're other legally uh, authorized to be, um, and typically when a woman is breastfeeding, you all, you can't really see anything. And I'll tell you what, a breastfeeding mother is in no way thinking about being sexual in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she is like, my baby is crying. <laughs> it needs to eat, and if you all would rather have a crying baby, go for it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's she's feeding a child is is really what's happening there. And you often often have people just think, well, why do they just go to a bathroom? Oh, take yeah. that baby to a bathroom. We don't want to see this. Great question. Why don't you go eat your lunch on a toilet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sound snarky, but there, truly, what we want to say is a bathroom's not a sanitary place to eat or prepare food. And we wouldn't expect an adult to do that. Why are we expecting a baby with a compromised immune system to be in a bathroom while it's consuming uh, food? It's, it's you it's know, and why are sanitary. we devaluing our mothers in that yeah. way? That we're saying, I, I don't want to see you be a mother right now? That's I, To me, that's yeah. just heartbreaking. No, no. I mean, nothing more natural Absolutely. than this whole process. My question, uh, and this was actually Bob's question. Uh, what what is uh, and he brought it up. I, I thought it was. I don't want to steal your question. How long do you uh, recommend uh, we breastfeed? And speak to the fact that some people cannot absolutely sure. or can't quite get enough milk or make enough milk physiologically. Sure, sure. So um, it's recommended that infants have no other food or drink other than breast milk um, for the first six months of life. And then after that, um, uh, up to a year, and then as long as mother and baby both wish. Um, in some cultures, it's not uncommon for babies, um, for children to be nursing until they're five years old. Now, often mm -hmm. that um, is not, of course, the sole uh, intake of nutrition, but it's a it's a, obviously a clean source of nutrition. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a saying, um, the breast milk doesn't turn to Kool-Aid after the first year. It still <laughs> retains lots of nutritional Absolutely. components, um, lots of immune properties. Anything the mother's immune system is going to be exposed to, she's going to make antibodies and automatically transfer that um, through any breast milk the baby takes in. And some breast milk is, is better than none. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you asked about um, mothers who simply aren't able um, to make up that supply. And, um, we work with so many women, um, so many fantastic women who come come to Baby Cafe, and they all have um, 
individual lives and individual personalities, um, the one thing they have in common is they all desire, and I think most mothers, any mother, desires to do the best um, for her baby mm-hmm. that she absolutely can. Um, and for some reason, whether it was a, a traumatic delivery, whether um, their uh, hormonal makeup or the glandular tissue within the breast, some women just aren't simply, dis- you know, and not for lack of trying at all, but simply aren't able to build that supply that they need to keep their baby growing um, in a manner that is healthy. Um, and so with that, we just uh, help moms, to, you know, with, with their baby's care provider, um, figure out when to supplement, what to supplement with. Um, you know, there's lots of options available to them for that, whether they choose for or um, some type of donor breast milk from a approved human milk bank. Um, you know, we we kind of work with them to, well, to make decisions. A mm-hmm. human milk bank. Mm-hmm. I know wet nurse was the old <laughs> name <laughs> yes, for it. I mean, yes. a live walking uh, mm-hmm. milk bank human that being, used yeah. to occur, mm-hmm. but it doesn't occur anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I keep thinking about um, how I feel about pharmaceutical uh, industry uh, in mm-hmm. all realms of health care. And I see them in their research develop wonderful new medicines that are Mm -hmm. powerful and effective. I mean, I'm a living example Mm -hmm. of chemotherapy that's actually knocking down a cancer and giving me a chance to live longer. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I see them sometimes, not all of them, Mm -hmm. but some of them as profit makers with no ethical core but to to bring money to their shareholders. And I know that there's been some sense of that happening in the world of supplements. Mm, I mean, now some of them are providing wonderful things that we can give our kids and they're important and they develop them and they improve Mm -hmm. them. But there are components of those companies that may be just profit motive and they've gone to Africa and where people and put people at risk. Explain that a little bit, would you please? Do you want to speak to that? (laughs) I mean, I think this is part of what baby friendly is about Mm -hmm. is kind of taking away some of those, some of that ground that formula companies had encroached on. So one of the things that used to happen is that formula companies would put advertisements or they'd say, oh, here's a sample, a formula that you're getting in the hospital before you've even left, before you've even had a chance to try to start Mm -hmm. and sort of normalizing that idea of, well, formula is right there and that kind of thing. And so I think we the ba- the baby friendly initiative is really trying to encourage moms to try breastfeeding uh, if they if they so really choose. Try. Really, I mean, really try. Really, really try. But at the same time we don't want to stigmatize or devalue mothers who are making a different choice. This is a personal Correct. choice uh, for each mother. We just want to give them the best tools and support if they do choose to breastfeed. We want that to be successful for them. And not only at the hospital but at their workplace. One of the things that South Dakota Department of Health and Brookings Supports Breastfeeding have recently developed. It's newly on the uh, healthysd.gov slash breastfeeding website is a breastfeeding accommodation form. And what this does is it allows an employee who knows that she's going to have a baby and maybe is filling out that FMLA paperwork with HR, she can also have this form that lays out here are the accommodations that you're legally entitled to and how are we going to make sure that that works here at our, our, our workplace. And that takes away some of that uncertainty for the moms and the businesses about what is it that I'm legally required to provide and what is it that we're going to be able to do to support this employee who's making that choice to give her baby the absolute best nutrition, even when once she returns to work. Well, you did use some initials, H-L-R-A-N. No, I mean, what were what were your words again? Um, 
the oh FMLA FMLA oh yeah Family Medical Leave Act mm-hmm. and the people who dis- distribute that are people involved with what HR HR oh yeah Human Resources mm-hmm. so it's the Human Resources <laughs> part of a business yes. that makes a decision or encourages yes. or allows people to take time off. Mm-hmm. <coughs> So I thought I'd make that yeah. clear. This has been yeah. a really interesting discussion. We uh, always take three breaks, so we're going to take a third break now. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm, I know a lot of our audience is skewed a little bit older, but still it's phenomenal uh, information for anyone in any age group, whether you are of an age where you might consider breastfeeding or long past that, you have a different view of what breastfeeding is, thanks to these two women. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're short on time. We just have a few minutes left. We've been discussing the breastfeeding initiative and the fact that this is World Breastfeeding Week. But just as a thought, Rick, you might want to mention who's going to be on your television program tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow night is the Vance Thompson show about uh, vision. uh, And that should be a really good show. Well, it is a good show. We recorded it in September last year. Mm. And this is the best of the summer. Of course, we're coming up to the restarting our show process uh, end of, of August. Uh, but uh, we're doing the best of the last year, and Vance Thompson is on tomorrow night. He's really a super guy. And I tell you, the best thing about Vance Thompson, I, I you know, he's got a business, and he's doing very well. And we're, you know, and he's, he's one a, successful physician. He's one successful <laughs> guy. Uh, but I'll tell you this. He's a wonderful educator, mm-hmm. you know, and something about a person who can say in in uh, in our studio, uh, explain something that the audience can just go, wow, I've never heard it that way. I've never felt that I understood that process. And so tomorrow night is Vance Thompson. I encourage you to see that show. But let's go back to the issue of uh, breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask a question that uh, I think Bob also brought up, and that was, what about breastfeeding as a birth control <laughs> method? I mean, we know that in animals, if the breast is, yeah, if the breast, if the cow is making milk and we're, we're taking the milk uh, from the cow, uh, the cow will stay not pregnant and you have to wean the, uh, the cow from that process before the, you can start planning on the, the cow making a baby. It goes with sheep and with all of the animals in the farm. What do you what do you sense about that? Well, first of all, I always have to chuckle because um, we hear from so many of our mothers when they start breast pumping if they're going back to work, they they do feel like a dairy animal, and so yeah. I always want to be very yeah. careful to. It is not a dairy, and I didn't mean to apply that. I want you to know. You know no, we've no, got about, of course what, not. Do we have about but thirty seconds, Joan. Is that where we're at? Put that in. Um, you know, if mothers are exclusively breastfeeding, breastfeeding 24 hours a day, uh, at least 8 to 12 times in a 24-hour period for the first few months, it has a similar efficacy rate as the birth control pill. Now, we always say you don't want to rely on that, though, because we do have moms that get pregnant in the first few few months. Well, I mean, and, and so if there's a bottom line, uh, one sentence from each of you that you want to make sure people uh, remember from our today's experience. Nancy. Boy, um, breastfeeding is a beautiful, natural, but challenging aspect of um, the the mother-baby family um, dynamic. Um, and we just encourage any moms, if they have any questions about anything, to, to please contact us. 
And my contribution would be to say that breastfeeding starts when your baby is born, but it continues for months or even years afterward. And if you're returning to work or if your baby is entering daycare, or if you just find yourself out in public and needing to breastfeed your baby and you need a little bit of support or information, please take a look at Brookings Supports Breastfeeding on Facebook as well as healthysd.gov breastfeeding. And we would encourage all of the people who feel like if there's something that's not fair and that you can't mm-hmm. get back to work because there's been some roadblocks put up that you let us know because Absolutely. there's some things that can be done to help drop those roadblocks. Absolutely. Thank you both Jen and Nancy for being with us today and we hope all of you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Vera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Priory Doc library. That's all for today, Rick. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, ladies and Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.